Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Wednesday, May 18th edition of the Basement Academy, this little gymnasium of the soul where we try to get a little bit of workout every day. And so let's uh, begin our time with the morning psalm, Psalm 108. Talks about the steadfast heart. We were talking about that the other day. Perseverance, steadfastness, the ability to hang in. And so Psalm 108 is a psalm of David. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. Save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph I will parcel out Shechem and measure off the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah my scepter, Moab is my wash basin. Upon Edom I toss my sandal, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, O God, who have rejected us and no longer go out with our armies? Give us aid against the enemy, for the help of man is worthless. With God we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. Hmm. Affirming a steadfast, persevering heart in the midst of some trial, uh, the psalmist lifts the prayer. There's the sense of, God, you're not going out with our armies anymore. What's going on? But my heart is steadfast. I'll continue to praise you. And so an example of one who pers is persevering uh, in the midst of trial. Okay, uh, James, let's go a little further. Um, beginning verse 9, chapter 1, verse 9. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Hmm. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Hmm. Okay. Trials bring us a test. Every trial has a basic test. Trials are testing uh, your faith. They're maturing. They're, they're developing perseverance. 
the test is basically, am I going to trust God or not? Am I going to live for Jesus? Am I going to live for the kingdom? Am I going to live for what is right and good and true or not? Am I going to live for myself? And so we don't, we're never that aware of it, right? But that's what's contained in every form of trial. Outward trial, circumstances, inward uh, temptation. We're going to talk about some of these. I think James is trying to you know, get at some of that. And so the first couple of verses I read kind of are talking about rich and poor. Okay. The one who was poor should take a pride in their high position that there's this blessed of the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This, this sense of, um, the impoverished are those who have nothing but God <laughs> in this world. And so there's this kind of honor that, that, that Jesus brings uh, to the impoverished of the world. Whereas the rich are the ones who are oppressing. They're the ones uh, who might be holding back wages. He gets to that in a little bit. Um, and so Jesus uses some of that same language. Uh, you've got treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. You cannot serve two masters, both God and money. And so there was a test that money and wealth bring to us. They're just it's just contained. Um, uh, Saint Paul, uh, writing to uh, Timothy, says the love of money is the root of many kinds of evil, and so Jesus has already warned us: you can't serve both God and money. It's not the devil that is the chief rival to our faith; it is money. It is well, mammon is the technical term Jesus uses, right? And we talked about the mammon that. All I need are the things of this world. I need uh, material possessions, wealth. I need recognition and status. The Pharisees seem to be living kind of a mammon only, kind of a horizontal, whereas there are treasures in heaven. There's this vertical dimension, uh, relying on God, the unseen Father who sees us. We can go into our prayer closet and say our prayers, and we are rewarded there. God uh, lays up a reward in, in heaven for us. And so James perhaps alluding to or echoing or making some comment on the, the trial of wealth that Jesus has already uh, raised to us brings us this tension between the one in humble circumstances taking pride in high position, but the, the one who is rich should take pride in the low position. It's the rich who really are in danger. They're the ones who are at risk. Uh, Jesus said how difficult it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man uh, to get into heaven. And so there's something in wealth because wealth can very subtly, um, insidiously replace our dependence and trust on God. If I've got enough money, I'm okay. I can get my food, I can get my clothes, um, I can insulate myself from uh, many of the, the adversities uh, and, and difficulties of our world. And so uh, Jesus in, in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he chides those who are, who are worried and anxious about their food, about their clothing. Look at the lilies of the field. God clothes them. Even Solomon in all his splendor was not clothed like one of these flowers of the field. And, and the birds of the air, they're not... They're not chasing about. They're just, you know, pecking away that God feeds them. He takes care of them. Will he not 
much more feed you, O you of little faith. And so that, that message that Jesus brought, James is kind of commenting on here. And so wealth and money and possessions and the things that this world off, offer, as good as they are and necessary as they are, do actually hold a test. There, there's, there's a trial that, that wealth can bring. Um, whether you're impoverished or you're enriched, because it, it's not that the poor automatically are blessed. No, sometimes the poor are the most angry and resentful, and 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 they're they're you know anxious. And I assume all of us have had periods where we've been under financial stress, and so poverty in and of itself, or or um, seasons of of uh, the lean years. Are, are not automatically a blessing. There's a test. Am I going to trust that God is going to provide me my daily bread? Give us this day our daily bread. It's a prayer that Jesus taught us to remember. You only get this day. And we're ultimately dependent upon God for our sustenance always. And so there's something about money, something about wealth, something about possessions that contains in here uh, a test. Are we going to trust God ultimately? Um, or are we going to, you know, it's all up to me and I've got to figure it out. Uh, for those who have possessions, those who've been given much, much is required. And so the call to generosity, to charity um, uh, is, is placed upon certainly uh, those who have the means of the world. And so and so we, we, we start there. There's a test uh, that, that is given there. And then I'm kind of skipping over verse 12. I, I, I care much about that. We'll get to that uh, tomorrow. Uh, the test of inner desire and temptation, verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Come on, hello. You, you are tempted by your own desires. And so kind of, if money and wealth kind of represents to some degree an outer temptation, you know, the circumstances and material, etc., there's an inner battle that we all wage that, that nobody can see, right? You, you face the inner uh, temptation, I face inner temptations, and I would, I would offer that there are kind of two kinds of, of temptations, the temptations of the flesh, the temptations of the spirit. Temptations of the flesh, again, that, that originate kind of in the heart, as it were. Sex, alcohol, you could say drugs, um, food, gambling, you know, some of those um, kind of worldly pleasures, um, but, but often are where addictions can often form, right? Um, the, the, the sins of the flesh, the temptations of the flesh. And, and so the addictive realities uh, that, 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 that often plague uh, many people, many families. Um, each of us probably have all been touched by someone who's, you know, engaged in, in something that turns into an addiction that has diminished their life and has impacted them and, and others. Uh, and so, you know, we pray for God's power uh, to break um, that 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 addictive hold. So the temptations of the flesh, the temptations of the spirit, these are more subtle. Um, you know, pride, envy, wrath, 
uh, sloth, um, uh, lust, avarice, gluttony, the, the seven deadlies that we refute, pew slag, if you recall that, you know, the resentments, the, the, the temptation of vanity to, to want recognition and to people to pay attention to you and kind of burning with resentment when they don't, when you don't get the recognition, uh, envy, looking at others and you know, wishing you had what they had or wishing they didn't have what they have since you don't have it. All of those kinds of inner temptations of the spirit that no one can see, that we forget God can see, right? And so it's this recognition that here we have a test also. Am I going to live for God? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to rely on God in this moment or not? Okay. And, and I don't want to just say that, the, you know, the person who gets hooked uh, and is addicted, it, it's simply a matter of faith. I, 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 it is a matter of faith. It may be more than a matter of faith. God has made us bodies and souls, bodies and spirits. And the flesh does lead us astray. So it's better to cut off one hand or pluck out one eye and enter into life than to, you know, not get there. And so it's understanding we must train our flesh. This is back to those spiritual disciplines. We must train ourselves. Our flesh, our bodies can lead us astray. We ha There's a tendency in the human family to deflect. We saw it in our, our forefather, Adam. Adam, did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? The woman you gave me, she tempted me and I ate. She deceived me and I ate. I, yeah, I did, God. Yes, I did. But, and it's the tendency to say, but to excuse our behavior, to make some rationalization, to deflect the blame and point the finger over here. The woman you gave me, yeah, I, yeah, I got. And so the tendency to play the victim, okay? And so, you know, um, uh, when tempted, no one just say, God is tempting me. And so I, I've heard things like this, you know, that, well, that, that that situation was there and it seemed good. Um, and, and I, I had no idea, you know, I, it, I thought God was blessing me, you know, with this, or there was this opportunity. And, and we have a way of rationalizing and kind of deflecting or blaming God for things. Um, it's just something we have to confront. It, it, it takes us back to the core reality of sin. Sin is in all of us, the tendency... Uh, the nature um, we hunger after, we hanker after. Um, and so uh, uh, Eve saw that it was good. The tree was uh, beautiful. It was delightful. It was, um, it was good for food. It, 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 it seemed to make them wise. You know, there's the, the appearances, the, the things of the world have an appearance that they will be good. And, 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 and we're going to see this in just a moment. Every good and perfect gift comes down from God. Okay. And so when we receive things as they're intended, sex is intended by God for good. Procreation in the covenant of marriage. Absolutely. 
alcohol. God has made wine, has given wine to make merry the heart of man, the Proverbs say. Food is obviously good, okay? And so, so it's not that sex and alcohol and food in and of themselves are evil and wrong and bad. No, 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 no. They, if they're received properly within the boundaries, within the limits, within the context that God intends, that, then there is no sin, okay? It's when we want to trespass. We want to go, uh, we want to cross the boundary, the limit that God may have placed upon that, okay? And so it's acknowledging, confronting our tendency to deflect, okay, and blame someone else, God or others. And so within the trial, within the temptation, there is a test. Will you accept responsibility? Will I accept responsibility for my life? Full responsibility. I am responsible for my actions. I'm responsible for my thoughts. I'm responsible for my words. I'm responsible for my affections and desires. I am responsible. I raise my hand and say, God, and this is where I say, Lord, have mercy. I cannot get a hold of this unruly heart. It wants to run after things that I know it shouldn't, but I accept responsibility for that. I don't blame my parents, though my parents may have influenced me, right? Not just, I don't mean genetically, I mean how I was raised. I might have been raised in a manner, in a home that did not model or reflect or, 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 or show a good example of godliness. You know, I may have been criticized unduly. I may have been raised in an alcoholic, abusive home. You know, these things, okay. Take responsibility for your life. Lean on God. Trust God. Believe his word. If you lack wisdom of how to respond in this moment, then ask him. Um, ask him for perspective. Ask him for teachers. Ask him for mentors. Ask him for support. Ask him for scripture. And so... It's accepting responsibility. This is the first step on the path to maturity. Um, many of you, if not all of you, are familiar with the 12-step movement. Um, we often associate it with uh, alcohol and Alcoholics Anonymous, but it has its roots. The 12 steps are this pathway to maturity, and, and they work themselves back in, in, in just in the, the matter of course to, to a set of Christians who were trying to help those who were struggling with alcohol. And they find their grounding in Christian discipleship. That I am an alcoholic. I have no power <laughs> over this alcohol. I'm powerless over I need to rely on a higher power. Once upon a time, we would name that as God. Um, and so the 12-step process is one for accepting responsibility to take a fearless moral inventory of your life. You seek to make amends uh, for the offenses or the slights or the wounds that, that, that have happened. And so uh, the, 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 the beauty of the 12-step movement is it, it grounds us in personal responsibility and trust and dependence, a wholehearted dependence upon God. And then these steps that own responsibility and seek to, to, to make amends uh, and then to, to do well and to do good uh, in, in the world. So anyway, um, James, pointing us, leading us uh, in a good path. 
Uh, we'll pick up again tomorrow and go a little further. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for the, the wisdom of St. James, Pastor James. And so may we heed this wisdom in our lives, trusting you in every test and trial um, and acknowledging our tendency uh, to, 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 to deflect and to, to, to kind of wrestle away from, from responsibility. So Lord, lead us. Uh, come, gracious Holy Spirit. Comfort us in our affliction. Uh, accompany us in our trials. Um, and, and Lord, lead us uh, into the path of wholeness and maturity. Through Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the power, the grace, the truth, the love, the presence of Jesus accompany you and bless you this day and forevermore. Amen.